So uh, thanks for choosing church. We know that if you're here or you're watching online, that that choice isn't always an easy one to make. So thank you. Thank you for choosing that. Hey, if you brought a Bible or one of those fancy Bible apps that you have on your device, I wanna ask you to turn right now into the New Testament, find the book of Ephesians, go to chapter four and find verse 21. So Ephesians chapter four, verse 21, and mark that or turn that page in the Bible or put the ribbon in there or the connection card, whatever it is, stuff that in there. We're gonna get to that part later on, but you'll be ready, you'll be prepared. As you know, this is Memorial Day weekend, and that means that a lot of the people who, who are normally here, they're out traveling or they've got softball tournaments or they're visiting cemeteries, they're visiting family. And Memorial Day or Memorial Weekend is one of those weekends, as you know, where we do celebrate and we honor those who have given everything to be able to get us where we're at today. We like to celebrate memorials, we humans. It's something that we do a lot of. In fact, in our particular country, Memorial Day isn't the only day that we set aside to remember. There's a lot of other holidays that we have out there, but we particularly, we like doing that. We like setting aside times and doing things to remember. We also do that in our own personal lives. A lot of us celebrate birthdays on a regular yearly basis or anniversaries or special achievements, things like that. And all of these are great. They're incredibly important to us, but they're also important to God. I don't know if you guys are aware of that, but if you've spent any time in the Old Testament, what you'll find is that there are a lot of different memorials that God established with people in order to help them, in order to give them perspective. And that's what memorials do. For instance, God, if you are familiar with the Old Testament, there were a lot of songs that were written that were to help people remember things about God and remember what happened in the past. And other times it wasn't songs, it was festivals, days on end, where they had all these different celebrations and ceremonies and all of it was geared so that they would remember things that had happened in the past. There were even monuments that were built or buildings that were built to help people remember what had happened in the past so that they could look at that and do something. Now, here's what I want you to try to understand. When you have a clear view of the past and you align it up with a clear view of the present, it's like front and rear sights that you're able to take aim at the future and be able to know that you are in alignment with it. Let me try to explain that another way. If you've ever heard somebody say, if you don't learn from your mistakes, then you're doomed to repeat them. What that essentially is saying is, is that we are supposed to be the kind of people who take a look at our past and with a clear view of that past, learn from those things and then apply it to our present so that our future has a whole lot better opportunities that are in it. That's what I wanna do today as I want to help everybody here Understand a few key things so that you and I can establish a memorial of our own. How can I establish a memorial? Well, I'm, I'm glad that you asked that question. I wanna give you two things real quick that you and I can do that can help us to establish our own personal memorial every single day so that we can stay in alignment with God. Here are the two things. Number one, by choosing to set aside time. It's obvious. We choose to set aside time as Americans throughout the course of our year to remember something. It's 
should be obvious. If you choose to set aside time to remember something, that's a great way to establish a memorial. You can do that every single day or you can do that throughout the week. I know that for me and, and a lot of other guys, first thing in the morning is one of the best times to be able to realign with God, whether that's reading in the Word or reading some type of a devotional or in a book or anything like that. Some people I've talked to, it's not, that doesn't work, you know? They wake up first thing in the morning and they're barely alive, they're barely cognizant. And so a lot of things have to happen first before they're even able to operate heavy machinery. And so they, on their commute to work, that's when they spend their time with God. They feel more alive. And the same things that apply to the daily can apply to the weekly. You know, if you wanna spend some time weekly and you just know that there's a day of the week where you're traveling or things, it's good to set aside time. That's one of the things that's so important if you're going to establish a memorial of your own, you're going to need to set aside time, okay? The second thing that you're going to need to do is by using objects to remind me of these things. That's how you can establish a memorial in your own life. Let me give you an example. I have these two bracelets that are on my wrist. They are memorials of sorts that I've put there, objects to remind me of things. The first one is this gray one, a little over three years ago, I was up on the same platform and I was preaching a message and I handed out gray bracelets to everybody and said, would you please pray every single day? Let this be a reminder. Every single day for the last three years, I pray for you. It's true, I do. Every single day I think about you. It's not just you know once or twice throughout the course of the day. I see this and I think of you guys. I don't necessarily think of everybody by name, by face, but I, I think of you guys, I love you guys. I care very much about you. And so I want something in my life as a memorial every single day to remind me to be thinking about you. This other one, this braided one is from a group over in Guatemala called La Mission. It's who we partner with as a church over there to be able to do the work. In fact, there's a team of us that are going over in August to work with La Mission again. They're a part of my family. I have this on here and it's been there again for over three years. So I pray for these guys every single day. Objects, that's what I'm talking about. Objects that are a part of your world that you've placed around you. It could be a, a sticker, could be a magnet, could be an underlined passage of scripture, could be a tattoo, could be all kinds of things that are there as an object to remind you so that when you see it, you are aware of all the symbolism that connected, that's connected to it. Make sense? Yep, let's try that one more time. Make sense? Okay, I just wanna make sure, I wanna go on. I have to cover that again. It would take us longer, but okay. All right, so why should we do this? I've already stated it once, the answer, but why should we do this? It's to keep us aligned with God. It's to keep us so that we're looking at the past, we're looking at the present, but our aim is at the future. We've got them all aligned up, and when we do that, we have a much better opportunity. Here's the reason why. It's because one degree, one degree off of the, the proper and correct trajectory can make a big difference. Not after a couple of days. After a couple of days, if you're not aligned with God, you still might be able to see the path and understand all the things that you need to do. But I guarantee you that over years, there have been many of us who have experienced this, that if you don't realign with God, you can find yourself in an environment where you are wondering to yourself, oh man, how did I get here? How did I get so far away from God? So we need memorials. We need them often, if not every day, every week. We need them in our lives. And I wanna help you guys with a few key things of how you can establish a moral in your life by setting aside time and having objects. But when you set aside that time and you look at those objects, here are the two things that I want you to remember. The number one thing 
above all things that the Bible has to say, of all the things that you could remember when you get to that time, or you have that little object that makes you go, oh yeah, I remember. Here's what it is that I want you to, want you to remember. You ready? God loves me. Some of you are like, oh, that's weird. It's like so simple, it's weird, but I know, but it's, it's really important. In fact, it's so important that I want you to do something with me. We don't have to say it loud, or say you'd be embarrassed or anything, but would you say that quietly with me? One, two, three, God loves me. Let's try that again. One, two, three, God loves me. It's hard to say for some of you, I know. Here's why. You don't believe it. You don't. Truth of it is, is that there are so many here who are watching online and you don't believe that. And the reason why is because you're doing your thing, you've got your life going on, and you're involved in stuff that you know that God wouldn't like. And the fact of the matter is, is you wouldn't know how to get out of it even if you wanted to, and you're not even sure you want to, and you probably don't even care about God, and you're convinced that God really doesn't even care about you. You're wrong. You're wrong. God loves you. There's some of you who have a hard time saying that because you're doing stuff and you're saying stuff a lot and you know it's wrong. And you know from this guilt that you have been carrying that you feel that there is just absolutely no way that God loves you. If anything, he is disgusted with you. You're wrong. You're wrong, God loves you. Some of you can say it, but it's just like words coming out of your mouth because you, you really don't know what that means. In fact, if somebody were to come up to you and ask you, hey, what's it like to be loved by God? You'd be like, ha, it's nice, I like it. But you wouldn't know how to even explain what it's really like to experience the love of God. So I wanna help you to be able to say without question that God loves you. Well, <clears throat> there's one verse that I think might help with some perspective on this. It's the number one most memorized verse in all the Bible, and it's the most famous verse in all the Bible. Does anybody know what the most famous verse in all the Bible is? Just say it out. John 3, 16, exactly. John 3, 16. It's the most famous verse in all the Bible, and the reason for it is, is because of what it really contains within it. It's just beautiful. The way that I learned it was in the King James as a little kid, and it was Basically, for God so loves the world that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. This ESV, English Standard Version, is a close to it. Let me talk about this just real briefly. For God so loved the world, the world, the word that's used here, the world, is in referencing not Christians, just so you know. It's not saying, for God so loved Christians that he gave his son. No, it says the world, and the world has always been synonymous with things like perversity and rebellion, and sin, and wickedness, waywardness. For God so loved the sinful, the wicked, the perverted. For God so loved them that he gave his one and only son. That is a hard thing for people to be able to wrap their minds around when they don't believe that God loves them. Because oftentimes the way that we define love is it's hard to really connect that to somebody who's the wicked and the evil. Well, that brings me to another part of that verse that's so important. The word that's used there, love, 
It just isn't defined the same way that most of us define love in our world. The way that it's defined biblically, God's love, it just looks different. In fact, I want to read to you a passage in 1 Corinthians 13, chapter 4, or excuse me, chapter 13, verses 4 through 7. This is what it says. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. You see, God does not love with strings attached. God loves us. And this type of a love that is patient and kind and not boastful or jealous or proud or rude is not interested in demanding its own way. God loves us with the love that is unlike anything that we have experienced. And he desperately wants us and needs for us to be able to say that without reservation. It needs to be something that is a memorial that is built into every single person's life. And in fact, I would say that it is so critical that it be built into your life that salvation hinges upon it. See, let me try to explain something to you. Paul, who was a very close friend of Jesus, after Jesus had died and resurrected, he spent time with Paul teaching him all kinds of stuff. And this guy, Paul, went out and wrote most of the New Testament. And in one of the passages that he wrote, it was in a church in Colossae, and he was trying to explain to these guys all that Jesus did, what his sacrifice means, and what that means for us, how we're supposed to respond to it. So let me read this to you. Colossians chapter one, verses 19 through 23. Follow along. For God in all of his fullness was pleased to live in Christ, and through him, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. This includes you who were once far away from God. You were his enemies separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. But you must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. Don't drift away from the assurance you received when you heard the good news. The good news has been preached all over the world and I, Paul, have been appointed as God's servant to proclaim it. You see, God wants us to be able to know without question that he loves us. And this entire verse was talking about all the things that God did in order to make that happen. And now you and I can trust that we can stand before God the Father and the way that he sees us is spotless. The way that he sees us is holy. The way that he's seamless is blameless. And the reason for it is because we trust that what Jesus did in the cross is enough. We trust that what he did was perfectly sufficient in all and every way in order to save me from sin. And when you make that a memorial in your life and you realign with that every single day, it changes you. It radically changes you because you stop worrying about whether or not God loves me because I'm a sinner. You stop worrying about whether or not God loves me because I've made some mistake. This verse clearly explains you and I did nothing. By him, 
he reconciled his death on the cross. It's what he did to remove our evil thoughts and actions so that God doesn't see them anymore. It's what Jesus did. This is so critical that Paul would write it and say, you must stand firmly in this belief and do not drift away from the assurance that you received. Make it a memorial. It's like every single day, every single day, every single day, you know, you know that God loves you. And when you get that, it changes everything. It does. I speak from experience. I know I'm not the only person who was one time a guy who hated God and hated you. And then God's love changed me and I realized <laughs> I can't run and he won't stop. And the truth of it is, is I really wanted to be loved all along. I was just absolutely certain that he couldn't love me. And I'm not the only one. Sometimes that love of God changes you so much. You go from being a person who hates him to you write books like Epic Grace, Chronicles of a Recovering Idiot which talk all about how God's love is just waiting. Kurt didn't write that book because he wanted to be famous. He wrote that book because when your life has been changed, you can't help but contain yourself. You just wanna tell people, man, God loves me. God loves me. God loves me. I told you earlier, I wanted to provide you a, a few key things to remember. Obviously the first one, if you set aside time for a memorial and you have objects to remind you, obviously the first one is, is God loves me. We should remember that every single day. God loves me. Here's the second thing. So act like it. Seriously. That's the second thing that every single one of us, if those are the only two things, the only two things that we were to ever remember for the rest of our lives, every single day or every single week, it's those two things. God loves me. So act like it. You see, God really wants us to know that he loves us really bad. And he went beyond just dying for us to prove that. We're actually told in Romans chapter five, verse five. Again, this is Paul. He says this, for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us his Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Isn't that cool? I mean, you think about it, God knows that you and I are the kind of people who are gonna be doubters of whether or not he loves us or not. And he knows that that's gonna be the kind of thing that's gonna trip us up and stop us or hinder us from continuing on a path of growth and development. So what does he do? He's like, I love you, I love you, I love you, I'm gonna die for you. But beyond dying for you, I'm actually gonna give you something to fill your hearts with knowledge of my love for you. It's called the Holy Spirit. And I want you guys to have this with you all the time so that you're constantly aware of the fact that I love you. You're not worried about whether or not I love you. I love you. But he's also there to do something else for us, and it's to help us act like it. I wanna to read to you that passage I had you save earlier in Ephesians chapter four, verse 21. So if you got your Bible app ready or you got your Bible, open that up and follow along with me. And I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. This is what Paul said to the church in Ephesus. And remember, he's writing to Christians. Here's what he says. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him. Throw off, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the spirit renew your thoughts and your attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Stop telling lies. 
Let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we are all parts of the same body. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. If you're a thief, stop stealing. Instead, use your hands for good hard work and then give generously to others in need. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way that you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. You see, what Paul was saying in addressing these people that believed in Jesus was that he wanted them to understand first and foremost, amidst all of that, God loves you. Oh, God loves you. And he even says it there, remember the Holy Spirit? He's a seal, he's a guarantee. You're going to be saved. Quit worrying about that. What you need to be thinking about now is letting the Spirit renew your thoughts and your attitude so that you look like a Christian. Instead of stealing, stop stealing. Instead of lying, stop lying. Come on. This is Paul talking to Christians. This is what he's saying to them. Act like it. The Holy Spirit is not just there to remind you that God loves you. He's there to help you act like it. But we gotta let him. And how do we do that? Memorials. Every single day, taking time, setting it aside, objects, stuff, keep you aligned, perfectly aligned, because you love them. You're thankful because you love them. You see, it's so critical that we let God change our thoughts, that we let the Holy Spirit change our attitudes. And the reason for it is, is our thoughts. Well, at least it's this way for me. My thoughts, they fuel my actions. My actions are what become my habits. My habits form my character and my character determines my future. That's just the way that it works. So for me, it starts with my thoughts. It starts with my attitude. I need God. I need the Holy Spirit. I need him to remind me. I need him to remind me that I'm loved because I'm a sinner. I am, I admit it. No, I don't, I don't lie like I used to. I don't steal like I used to, but I'm a sinner. I still make a ton of mistakes. And if you're like me, there are even moments where I have sinned and I'm like, I hate me. I'm sure God does too. He doesn't. He doesn't. I want my future to be aligned with God. I want a very cute, a clear picture of my past and all that has gone into it so that I can align it with my future and I can take aim. I need memorials. And Jesus knows that we need memorials. In fact, on the night before he went to the cross, he sat down with his disciples at a meal and he started a memorial with these guys, a brand new memorial, different than anything that they had ever experienced before. And he said, this is what I want you to do. And he took some bread and he took some wine and he used those as illustrations of himself. 
the bread being his body that was going to be broken, literally broken for us. And the juice or the wine being his blood that was shed for us. And he asked them to take those things into them, again, symbolic of where Christ's spirit lives in us. And ever since that time, for thousands of years now, Christians have been getting together. They've been taking communion or common union, where as a memorial, we stop, stop. And we remember, God loves me. God loves me. So act like it. That's what it was. That's what it still is. And we're going to do that today. We're going to sing here in just a few minutes, a couple songs. And those songs are intended to be something that will give you something to think about or pray about. If you've already got something you want to think and pray about because you know that the Holy Spirit right now is like, I want to do business with you, then you already got something. But if you're like, I can need some help here, we're going to have these songs there for you. And during those songs, you can get out. We've got communion stations set up all over the place. And you can make your way, take your time. You can get here and you can pray right here. You can take it back and pray there, but take your time. And let that be a memorial. Think about God, all the things that he said, all the things that he's done for you. We also have a gluten-free station back here. And the cups, they're, they're, in case you're not familiar with how we do it, they're, they're double stacked. The juice is on top, the, the cup with the breads on the bottom, and then some of them are sealed for you germaphobes that are out there. But we wanna make it easy for you guys. So over the course of these next two songs, here's what I'd like for you to do. Make it a memorial. And then afterwards, I'll come back up and I'll pray. Why don't you stand with me and I'll pray for you. Father, I thank you for loving me and for being patient with me and for, for, oh man, so many things. For putting up with me when I didn't love you. I know that you love me now and I, you know. You know better than I do how much that's changed me and how much more it still needs to. But I want that for here today, Lord. I want you to do what you, well, only you can do. You, you know who here is a person who is saved because they believe you, they trust in that. But you also know who is here today who's just not acting like it. And you can do what I can't do. There's no way that I could craft the words, Lord, that will make them just snap to your awareness. So you do that, please, right now. And for those who don't know God, you've never started a relationship, I'm gonna give you a simple, sample prayer that you can make your own. And God, I'm praying that what you will do is you will flood them with your spirit and you will strengthen them and give them instant wisdom with how to engage in this life with you. Here's a sample prayer for those of you who want to start your relationship with Jesus, with God today. God, I give up, I surrender. I give you my life, all the sin that's in it, and I wanna give you control too. I don't know how to do that, but I know I need to let you steer my life or otherwise it's not gonna make it, it's not gonna be good. So I give it to you and I pray that you will fill me with your spirit and that you will give me the guidance and the strength and the wisdom to know how to act like it. And if that's your prayer, as simple as it may sound, if that's coming from your heart, and I know what you're feeling right now. I know it. I know what it's like to have God's spirit fill you up and just make you know you're loved. Lord, I thank you for what you do in this place and through people who are fractured, broken, and in need of repair. I ask that you would work through these words and these songs and that it would draw us toward you so that we could worship you and make a memorial out of it. I pray this in Jesus' name. I hope you remember that. I hope you make a memorial out of it. 
And I hope you act like it for his sake. Today, if you made that prayer your own, we have a gift for you. There by each door, by each door on a table, there's a gift bag for you. We'd like for you to grab one of these and inside it there's some stuff to help you get going and a way for you to be able to reach back out to us. We'd love to be able to hear from you. Also today, if you'd like prayer, rather than making your way that way, come forward. Myself and some of the other prayer team will be down here. We'd love to pray with you. And come back next week. Join us for the Unoffendable series. I promise you it can change your life. Love you guys. Happy Memorial Day weekend. Hope to see you next week.